Hello friends, we are here today in Revelation chapter 3. So we're finishing up the letters to the churches. We started that in chapter 2. Like chapter 2, it follows the same structure to the letters to all the churches. There's some reference to the vision of Jesus that John is seeing, and then some sort of idea of what's going on in the church. You know, it might be a blessing, it might be a curse. And then at the end, it always says, but to those who conquer, and he, he says what, what God is going to do for those who conquer, and by that he means kind of like overcoming the world. If you conquer, it means that you've kept the faith, that you, that you have stayed in good standing with God because, because of your faith, not because of the things that you've done, and he's made that clear in, in the words that he's saying to the different churches. So the first one is to the church in Sardis. And to Sardis, he's pretty, I think it's pretty harsh what, what Jesus is saying here. I mean, uh, it's, it's valid, but he says, you know, you have, you have the appearance of a church that's alive, but you're dead. You are a dead church. It makes me wonder, what does it mean to be alive and dead as, as a church, especially when you appear to be alive? Like, what does it mean to be a church that has a reputation for being an alive church, but is really dead. You know, and God is coming right out and saying, these works that you're doing, you know, these signs of life that, that appears to exist here, it's, it's not real. It's not really connecting with me. And I, I get it. You know, I've, I've seen it. There's churches in my area that that you just see and you just know that the people, the, the works that are happening, they're not happening through the Holy Spirit. You know, they're doing it on their own steam. And they're doing it not for God, but, but for, their own, for their own pride. I think this is a big problem. You know, there's a lot of churches today that think they're alive and they're dead. And it's just so sad to think that here's this group of people and they've just forgotten what the, what the purpose of church is. What the, the reason that they're getting together is connecting with each other, of course, but, but connecting with God is the most important thing. And he's saying, but to those who conquer, to those who conquer, he's saying, I will let you wear white robes. You know, I, <clears throat> that is a symbol of, of, of their purity, of their, of their sinlessness. He's like, I will take away all of your sins and I will let you wear white robes as a sign of, of your sinlessness. Now, the next church is the church in Philadelphia. And I must say, it appears that out of all the churches, the church in Philadelphia is doing best. Out of all the churches, that are there in Asia Minor that he's writing to, this is the only church that I, that I see there where God is just saying, I love you. Now, of course, he loves all the churches, but here he just comes right out and says it. The only thing that he can say negative about the church in Philadelphia is that there are some people in there that are claiming to, claiming to be Jews and they're not. Now, when he says claiming to be Jews, I believe that he is saying they're claiming to be the people of God, 
like there are some people within the, the church in Philadelphia that that are pretending that that are we would call them nominal Christians today you know they're they're Christians in culture only and and they're Christians because you know the the culture around them is is doing these things so they're going along with it but they're not but they're not really connecting with God and and here he's saying but I love this church because they have been faithful and, and patient waiting for me and he says in the time of tribulation I'm, I'm going to save you and he, he says to the those that conquer I'm going to make you you know a pillar of my temple you're going to be part of the new Jerusalem so out of all these churches <laughs> I wish I could say that I was part of Philadelphia that is that is that is one that's that's doing really great pardon <laughs> so the last one is to the church in Laodicea Laodicea is kind of the opposite of there was there was one that I was talking about yesterday and, and it was a church where where they were really poor but this is a church that's very rich Honestly, I feel like if there is a church that symbolizes most of the United States of America today, I would say it's Laodicea. Because they had wealth, and because they have wealth, they, they believe that they don't need God. This is the one, this is a kind of a famous passage here. It says, you know, if you were, if you were hot or cold, I would, <laughs> I would need you. I would love you. He's like, but you are neither hot nor cold. So I will spit you out of my mouth. I used to think that this means that, you know, God would either want us to be, you know, very cold toward him or very, you know, like a very on fire, very zealous. Or one that's like very far away from God so that he can correct them. But the hot and cold is not hot and cold toward God. It's just usefulness. You know, cold water is nice. It's refreshing. Hot water... It's also refreshing, it's nice, it's soothing. You know, I, th I think the hot and cold has more to do with the fact that either see that they need him or that they're using their wealth to serve him. Hot or cold, I feel, feel like, is, has to do with, like I said, their relationship. But he's like, but here, you're this church. You have your own money. You act like you don't need me and you're not serving me. You're neither hot nor cold, so I, I will spit you out of my mouth. He gives one of the harshest words to the church in Laodicea, but to the, those who conquer in Laodicea. You know, there are, still, there are still some in Laodicea that have a good relationship with God, that are conquering. And to those, he's saying, you will be able to sit on my throne. You will be able to sit with me at the banquet. Now, throughout the New Testament, over and over again, Jesus uses the analogy of a, a banquet to talk about heaven. You know, it's, it's to be and celebrating with God. You know, to all these letters that are being written here, there's an interesting idea. You know, when I was young, 
I had a conversation with this this man from Armenia and he believed that he was going to heaven because he was Armenian and he says you know in Armenia we have a very early church you know we have the Armenian Orthodox Church and and because I'm Armenian I'm going to heaven because I'm one of them and I knew that was wrong but I didn't know exactly how to explain it like what verse do I give him you know but when you look at these passages there is something about the church as a whole like the church as a whole has to has to wake up you know like he said to the church in Sardis you know you know you need to you need to be alive but there but there are individuals he's always pointing out the individuals he's like but those in your church that conquer so whether you're part of a good church or a bad church it is good to be in a culture that that is doing well that is thriving you know you should you should long to be part of a church that that is good and has a good relationship with God because it will it will help your relationship with God but ultimately it is your responsibility to have a better relationship with God whether you're in a good church or a bad church you need to conquer anyways that is Revelation chapter 3 have a great day bye